This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is Season 17, Episode 6, Telling Truly. And it's not a tell-all episode or an episode disguised as a tell-all either, but I think there should be a tell-all that's called Telling Truly. You want one of the three parts of the tell-all? I hope, guys, I hope we don't get another three-part tell-all. We can't. I don't think I can handle another three-parter. No. Especially when the first episode is entirely stuff from the last season that they didn't do a tell-all about. So I think that this one would definitely be at least one, if not two, but I don't think they'd need to go to three because we already did a tell-all for last season. And there's just not enough blood pressure medication in the world for the entire Sister Wives audience to get through that. Rumor has it they've been filming one. There were sightings of Cody and Suki in a hotel lobby somewhere. Ooh. Well, not in that way. It was with cameras and a setup. Well, that doesn't make it sound any better right now. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not helping my case here. Is Suki the new fourth wife? Oh, I highly doubt it. <laughs> She's too outspoken. She asks too many questions <laughs> for Cody. Almost started a rumor there. Oh, my goodness. You want to hit us with that TLC description? The TLC description for this one is, As Isabel packs up for college, Gwendolyn opens up about her sexuality, Christine reveals her moving timeline, and Cody pushes back. Then, after an overheard conversation, Christine tells Truly about the divorce. I have a lot of feelings about this episode description, personally. Yeah, was it really an opening up that... Gwen did. It was just kind of a, a passing comment. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> just seriously, of... for having put it in the episode description, it was like, what, 60 seconds of the episode and then we were done. By the way, guys, bear with me. I've had a few drinks. This is Carly's Chumbawamba episode. <laughs> I said episode. Episode. And then 
Christine reveals her moving timeline. How many times has she told us she's going to move in September? It's always been September. Always has been, always will be. But Cody's not here for it. Cody pushes back. It can basically be in every single episode description of the series. <laughs> so we're going to need a better representation of what we're going to witness in this episode. Carly, let's go ahead and hear the episode rewrite description. Christine requests a private room for Truly at the Shira Chateau. Janelle puts Cody in the doghouse. Robin's kids forget where they came from. Cody forgets Mary. As usual, nothing new there. So before we get into the episode, we got a couple of announcements here. The first one, happy wedding week to Logan and Michelle. We are wishing you many years of wedded monogamous bliss. Monogamous bliss specifically. Happy wedding week. Saturday's the big day coming up here. We're excited just like everyone else. It's always fun when you get to see your dad get married, right? First time in a long time, and it'll be the best time. We also have a voicemail from one of our legal wives on Patreon. Let's hear it. Legal wife Tierra here with a somewhat maybe unpopular take. We all know Christine is the star of the season, and watching her be the self-assured, confident, and independent woman is amazing considering where she was when the show started. But here's my take. Without Cody being the absolute fairy tale villain that he has been behaving as, the show would not be nearly as entertaining as it has been so far. Every good hero needs an equally good villain, and TLC is well aware of this and has been letting Cody's evil side shine through. So basically what I'm saying is, I think that evil, foot-in-the-mouth, misogynistic Cody is the dark star of the season right up there with Christine. Thank you for passing along that thought. You know what? I refuse to acknowledge that Cody Brown is a star of this show. I don't want to give him any more fuel on the ego fire, as it were. If he had to be credited, it would be all of his wives' names first, and then Cody Brown, and I put it in like size 8 font at the bottom, if this is a movie poster. But yes, Cody is the antagonist to Christine's protagonist for this season. I think we can all agree on that. I can get behind that ideology. And we can't forget Robin. Am I the villain? I don't think I'm the villain. Maybe <laughs> I am, though. She doesn't know. She can't be for sure. As a reminder, you can all join us over on Patreon, patreon.com slash survivingpod. We have recaps of Sister Wives seasons one through eight on there for you to enjoy, as well as, what, like 50 plus Let's Talk About It episodes where we recap a show outside of the Sister Wives universe. Last week, we recapped the Naked and Afraid episode with Macy from Teen Mom OG. It was quite an experience. So if you'd like to get your voice on the pod here as well, send us a voicemail. Join that legal wife tier as well. Keep an eye out on the patreon.com slash surviving pod for all of the tier info. And just remember, every dollar that you pledge makes us just a little bit more successful than my sister wife's closet. A little bit. A yeah, that's more more than a little bit. We don't have point. the overhead of all of that sterling silver jewelry laying around in a closet somewhere. It's true. Maybe that can be a Patreon pledge goal that we can work on at some point to start our own jewelry line. <laughs> no, thank you. Please, I don't want to be held responsible for that. It would have to be like 50,000 patrons. <laughs> all right, let's get into this episode. It was a good one. We had a lot of heavy episodes lately. This one, by contrast, seemed light and fun. There's a light mayo spread, not a heavy, full entree meal, per se. This is just past hors d'oeuvres. All right. So Cody, I guess Christine took his key away because for some reason we get right into it and he is coming in through the sliding door, the back door of the house. Yeah, I don't like that he just pops in. Made me uncomfortable. Think he had to jimmy the door open. 
I guess that's why Mary doesn't want sliders. And she's so against them. They're too easy for Cody to slip in and out. So he's here for another conversation with Christine. One of many that we've had to watch so far this season. This one is about, spoiler alert, telling truly about the divorce and the move. Because we still haven't done that. That's on the list of things to do. Just haven't gotten around to that. We're so busy. Literally every other person in this family, Annabelle, baby Annabelle Brown, got sat down by Robin and told about this divorce. Truly doesn't know. I think Annabelle Brown was the first to know. (laughs) She does have mystical powers where she can see the future. It's true. But Christine's getting worried because she doesn't want to accidentally slip up. She doesn't want something to come up in conversation. She doesn't want Truly to find out. And Truly's a smart kid. She can probably piece this stuff together here sooner or later. So we have to sit her down and talk about it because I would like to convey the message that we are still a unified team here, even though we haven't been for the last 10 years, 27 years of marriage. Regardless, I would like to present ourselves as a unified front. It's to no one's surprise that Cody is not on board for that. He's not looking to have a a good co-parenting relationship with Christine. (laughs) And also, like, what if we reconcile? How are we going to tell Truly we're going to get divorced and then maybe we get back together? I think this is the point where Christine was like, I think Cody definitely needs to be part of this conversation because he needs to hear it again that we are getting divorced. Also, you told all the other kids. So what's the difference there? If you reconcile now, you have to go back and tell, you know, all of Robin's children, who I'm sure were more devastated than Christine's own children. At least that's the way Robin would would present it to us. You're going to break their little hearts. That was the main concern that Cody had was that it was just going to be pure devastation for a child of this age, a tender age, to find out that her parents are getting divorced. Really damaging. He doesn't want to be a part of that. I think it'd be best if you just tell her. But I still want to be there for it. Don't leave me out of it, but don't make me culpable either. I have mixed feelings about the idea of them sitting down to do it together. Because normally, with a normal set of parents, I would say, yes, both parents should sit the child down together and tell them what's going on. But given this is Cody Brown, given he has many narcissistic traits about him, I don't think that's a good idea. So to your point about him not wanting to take responsibility for it, what I could see happening is he would immediately blame the entire thing on Christine, like in front of Truly, and tell her, well, it's your mom who wants this, and you're feeling all these negative emotions, and you're devastated because of your mom's decision. Because this is where it gets interesting as well, too, because then we start hearing Cody's ideas of how he's going to, I think he was using this as kind of a way to win Christine back still in his mind. So he wanted to put off the conversation with Truly more so he could prove that, yes, I can be an important factor in Truly's life because he's talking about how Cody's not comfortable at Christine's house. He just feels a little out of his element over there. So he wants to get Truly out of that environment and into his environment, which is Robin's house. He declares for everyone to know. We already know that. We knew, but just to hear him say it was like, ah, okay, good. I don't know if it was as much about wanting to demonstrate what a great father he could be to Christine, or if it was about him trying to establish his control over Truly in the situation, because he wants that 50-50 custody, so he's already trying to implement it now before she moves. 
because he says he wants her three to four days a week. That was where I was surprised. He doesn't even stay at Robin's house, supposedly, three to four days a week. Well, he does now. He's talking about setting Truly up with her own room at Robin's house? No, no, no. Christine was like, I would like her to have her own room. She's not going to just sleep on a pull-out couch or a futon bed over at Robin's. Sleeping bag in the kitchen. (laughs) Wouldn't Robin be the worst stepmom to have to stay over her house? Well, I love how Robin explains how this is going to be more work for her since she'll need to up the nanny's workload, essentially. (laughs) So she's going to have to delegate so many more tasks. That's a big sacrifice for Robin in this situation. Yeah, we know she doesn't like to work. It's one more mouth to feed, one more person to think about. Another nanny, nannied child? Is uh, that how you would say that? Child to nanny. To, to pay for. Is there even room at the Shira Chateau for Truly to have her own room? Not with all of Cody's boxes there now. <laughs> well. I think the inn is full. Yeah. They are full up on capacity. This still feels like a desperation save move. This is Cody trying to throw anything out there that he can to win Christine back. Because Robin seems to be under that impression as well, too, that. There is still time to reconcile and they can make things right. There's no need for divorce. We can come out of this stronger than ever. You could be happy living here on Coyote Pass, looking across your property line right over into Robbins. You can see truly, we'll get her her a room with a window that faces your yard. Room with a view. You can wave to each other. Wouldn't that be nice? But Cody's still stuck on this whole conversation thing. He is worried. He does not want a 10-year-old to have to deal with this sort of information, which is good because they don't have a 10-year-old to deal with this information. Truly is 11. (laughs) So. Damn. To have two episodes in a row where he forgets the age of one of Christine's children is just. Separate children on two occasions, back-to-back episodes. Pretty impressive. It's one of those things that you'll have to know if you're going to be a 50-50 of a quarter of a time parent. What if her birthday falls on one of your three or four days? It's going to be hard to calculate how much of that Cody is actually responsible for. How many candles do you put on the cake? He doesn't know. So this is all the more reason to delay this conversation. Don't want to talk about it. Let's just get Christine to stay in town in Flagstaff indefinitely. So it will always be easier for me to just drop by whenever I feel like it. (laughs) Just break in the back door. He is so obsessed with this idea That it is his wife's responsibilities to nurture and facilitate his relationships with his children. And it's like, sir, you are, what, 50-something years old, and most of your children are grown adults at this point. That is your responsibility. Oh, and here's the thing. Christine's been packing. She's not playing around anymore. She's ready to go. I like that he thought that the three to four days a week, he definitely thought she was going to push back on that. And she's like, no, bro, I need that time. To pack boxes, because at this point, I'm just trying to pack the things that truly won't notice are put away. I'd really like to start packing more of the things. Well, between that and the poker tournament of this conversation, Christine is like, you're going to take truly three to four times a week. I'll call. (laughs) She knows he's never going to do it. I would love to see you attempt to do that. He started that conversation by saying, I haven't gotten around to it yet. I don't know why. I've just been busy. It's like, dude, you are the biggest deadbeat. So busy. I'm just, (laughs) oh, so busy with so many things. And I don't even know why I haven't seen Truly as often as I should. Yeah, that was an empty threat to say that he's going to take her for half a week. Yeah, she was like, I would love that. Truly would love that. 
That would be very helpful right now if you would like to do that. But I know that that's not going to happen. It would also be really helpful if you could take the rest of your boxes that are in the garage because I need that space. That reminds me. Get the rest of your shit out of my garage now. Do you want to go look at the boxes? I can show you the boxes right now and then you can take them even when I'm not here. Whenever's convenient. She literally offers to give him a tour of the garage and point out the boxes that she has labeled as if he can't read the labels. Because he took some boxes so far, but not all of the boxes. And apparently there are still several boxes out in the garage that he needs to come and claim. That's so passive aggressive of him. He knows that his shit is there. He knows he has to come take it, but he doesn't want to take it all because he wants to somewhat inconvenience her and have her know he's going to have to come back at some point to get them. Well, and he's just he's delaying. That's his only move at this point is he wants to delay. He wants to postpone. He doesn't want to address. It's not happening yet. It's still denial mode. He's not doing well with where we are in the process. And then if you're worried about boxes in the garage, wait till we start talking about food storage. He's most concerned about the food storage room. This was purchased as a family. This was all the stockpile that we've put together as a family. We had to flash back to footage from 2009 to remember talking about the food storage situation. That was when they used to have one big shared pantry in the house in Lehigh. I cannot believe that they have moved that. They moved it to Vegas. Then they moved it again to Flagstaff. Okay, here's the thing. If you still have canned goods from 2010, keep them. I don't (laughs) want those. It's a bunch of jars that are all expanded, cans that are dented, botulism and everything. (laughs) If we have not rotated stock since then, I do not want this. They give us like the whole background again on why this is a thing in the Mormon faith. You're supposed to stockpile supplies For, you know, if the end of the world comes or maybe something more convenient like a COVID quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been more applicable. Yeah, but it's any sort of natural disaster, you know, tornadoes, firestorms, Armageddon. (laughs) Basically, the second coming of Christ, you know, just little things like that. (laughs) Basically, Christine's like, look, I don't believe in that shit anymore. So you can have all of it. I don't want my portion of it. It's more shit for me to move. That's all yours. Cody can't believe it. Well, and I just love the fact, too, when we breeze through all the other wives, because, of course, we have to get a full explanation of why this is important to the rest of the family. But then Mary reveals to us she doesn't have a stockpile at all. So apparently her shelves are bare. Everyone pretty much thinks it's stupid. Nobody really understands why they're doing this. I could get, like, if you go back in time, right, before people had easy access to things like grocery stores, that the idea of stockpiling supplies things that you cannot easily get if you're in a situation. Let's not go as extreme as like the economy collapses and it's the second coming of Christ. (laughs) But maybe you're snowed in for a couple of days. I can understand the utility of having a stockpile of food. I think that would be the last thing that conservative Jesus would want to do is is crash the economy. (laughs) Not on the top of his list. I don't think that they were directly connecting Jesus crashing the economy. Okay, yeah. Well, and I think my (laughs) thing too is the fact that it's like, well, maybe they meant that because for them in that time, that was the preparation. But maybe what they mean is like financial security, stability, having assets, some self-sustainability as well too, where if you do have food that you can grow or things that you can maintain on your own that you are taking care of, 
things in your life that you're in control over don't rely too heavily on outside sources that could collapse. Maybe that's the information to take away from this instead of just grabbing a bunch of cans of tomatoes from 2008. That's why Janelle's got to get on the property and start her grow operation. Right. Sustainability. And apparently Mary's only focus is she just needs water because she's got to have something to mix her plexus. <laughs> she's got to have something to mix in that pink drink. She ain't using plexus. She's she's still drinking, a, what was it, the live oh, the green, green juice. Yeah, green juice. <laughs> she's not buying any product from Janelle or Christine. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about the why is it at Christine's house? Have you seen the pantry at the Shira Chateau? It's like the size of a jail cell. Is that a good thing? It's so, yes, I'm saying it's so big. I bet you it's just bare. Oh, a jail cell is big for you, Carly? <laughs> for a pantry. By a size comparison? For okay. a pantry? Well, I guess we're, it depends on what prison are we talking about. <laughs> I guess that's what I want to know. What what prison are we in at the She Rush? I don't know. Forget what I said, because they're probably going to take the shelves off the walls, and that's going to be Truly's bedroom. It's going to get a cot. Three square meals a day. <laughs> three meals a day. That's it. That's what you get. A cot now. and three hots. <laughs> that is all you're going to get, Truly. <laughs> Don't count on it. Can we talk about how absurd it is that Cody is still confused that Christine's request to divorce him is coming completely out of the blue (laughs) with no notice? That she's backstabbing him by having skipped right to divorce and not having asked to work on any of their problems. Not trudging through 27 years of terrible marriage, specifically the last 10 where she has been outright planning therapy trips, marriage counseling all sorts of avenues to try and work through their problems that they're having, yet nothing has changed. So now Cody is blindsided by this because we're taking a different tact. We're no longer exploring those options and we're moving on. It's just funny because pre-divorce, the way he would talk about Christine asking him to work on things was that she's just too demanding and she wants too much of him. But now she didn't ask for anything. She just went straight to divorcing him out of the blue. I don't understand how... That escalation happens and how those two different situations can coexist simultaneously. Anyway, he thinks this happened really fast. And she's like, well, guess what? It would have happened a lot faster because my goal would have been to move out of here by the summer, which is right now, instead of waiting for September. So you're actually lucky that I've slowed things down and that I'm waiting until the school year starts. I'm accommodating you at this point. And that's what's going on. And she accommodates him more in this conversation because she's like, look, I just need to keep the peace with this man, which means I'm not going to tell Truly. I'm going to honor his wishes. And I guess we'll have to figure it out later. So now we're in Parowan. Cody and Janelle have started their return journey with that fifth will that they went up to Utah to buy. And they've driven as far as Mary's B&B, hauling this thing, trying to get it back to Coyote Pass. As it turns out, I'm sure they were probably driving by right past the road there on Mary's B&B. Pretty much had to stop in. I think Janelle maybe accidentally made eye contact with her going by or something like that. Shit, she's on the porch. She's in a rocking chair. Cody, she looked straight at me. Oh, no, she saw me. She knows it's us. Cody didn't want to stop, but this was at the behest of Janelle. They're going 55 past that B&B on that quiet road. Oh, no. There's nowhere to park it. There's nowhere to park this monstrosity of a fifth will. But they do it because they are family and this is a free place to stay for the night because they're not paying for their room or rooms Mm. because at first it seems like it's just Janelle and Cody on this trip. But later we see that Savannah and Gabe were here. Right. Yes. 
Savannah was giving hugs to Mary when they were saying goodbye at the end of the conversation. Gabe was in the background filming with his cell phone, so he was getting a paid credit, I'm sure, as a camera operator for this episode. It's the only way he could spend time with his dad. It's all he's here for now. But yeah, we find out that Janelle has never been to Mary's B&B since it's been purchased because, as it turns out, it's haunted and Janelle doesn't do haunted. I felt a deep sisterhood with Janelle at this point in the episode because, as we know, I am not a fan of haunted things. Right. Do you think Janelle kept her socks on at the B&B? Yes. There's no way she went barefoot on that carpet. But the good news is she did not see a ghost either. So that's a win-win. I don't think she stayed in the room the whole night. I think she snuck out and she slept in the RV. Oh, that's a pretty good theory. <laughs> yeah, I think I like that. I wonder, like, is this going to help with ticket sales for Mary's retreat? Or are less people apt to sign up now because they might end up in the haunted room? If she works a paranormal angle, well, the actual conference itself is going to be happening in mid-November. She's going to miss her haunted window of people spooky who are season? interested in spookiness. Look, Mary, I would pay double what you're asking to come for a ghost hunting adventure with Mary Brown at the end. No lights. Don't turn anything on. We're going to have a Ouija board. Just candlelight. We're just going to have a couple of recorders around, and then we'll see if we get any electric voice phenomenon. We're going to drink wine and summon demons. It'll be great. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> we'll check in with Annabelle. Yeah, maybe Annabelle can come too. That'll be good. She can lead that part of the tour. Maybe they should lock baby Annabelle up in the inn. Yeah, I feel like there. if there is a portal there, you don't want Annabelle to be anywhere near that premises. It okay. might be too close. So you have to keep her away. Right, yeah. That's, I guess, she's going to stay in Truly's room. Where are the spirit babies going to go at Robin's house? To the cotton three hot cell <laughs> with the food pantry. I think that's probably the safest place to go. But as Mary said, it's good to have customers, even though they're not technically customers, because they certainly didn't pay. And it's just a hard cost now because this is more work that she's going to have to do to clean up after them. And she certainly did not offer them breakfast. Oh, no. If you're not paying, you do not get breakfast. Cody really liked his room. He wanted to have like a permanent room at the inn. Wants to buy it, but Mary already knows it's too rich for his blood. <laughs> she's seen that checking account and she's not taking any checks out of there. She can offer him a permanent room at the inn, but it's her room. It's her bed. Yeah, she already knows what her offer would be. And it's basically going to be, let's end the drought, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and she knows that that cost is more than Cody is willing to spend. Let me find out kind of the future of the B&B, because as we know, Mary's mom, Bonnie, was the innkeeper before she passed away. So Mary's got a plan. Her friend, Jen with two N's, that's right, Jen from Friday with Friends, fame on Instagram, is going to possibly come and run the B&B. So she's going to help out for the summer. We'll see if that ends up being a long-term thing. But at least for the short term, we have some sort of assistance at running the inn. But can you imagine staying at the B&B during this while Janelle and Cody have rolled up in this huge fifth wheel? I mean, as a guest? As a guest, as a paying customer in the inn at this time. Because Mary mentioned that a few weeks, they did close down for a few weeks after Bonnie had passed away. But they are back up and running as of a couple of weeks now, three weeks or so. I would play completely dumb. I'd come out there, the front lawn, looking on that, that I was going to say that five-wheel. five-wheeler. <laughs> come out and look at that fifth wheel and be like, wow, are you going camping? What are you guys filming? You guys have a YouTube channel or something? 
You guys making movies? Anyway, they also didn't get breakfast here because Cody is in a rush to get back on the road. Right. Yeah. And well, aside from the fact that they definitely couldn't afford it because Mary would have charged them double. <laughs> but yes, Cody has a schedule that he has to get to. He can only leave Robin's house for 48 hours, basically, because then he has to come back to Flagstaff, take a rapid COVID test, test negative, and then he can return home. Annabelle comes home because there's if it's, the way he started that, it sounds like there's a curse on him where he, if he leaves the house for too long. There is. There's terrible consequences. That is why baby Annabelle, quarantine baby Annabelle is here. To remind Cody of what could happen to him if he's gone from the house for too long. He'll be trapped in the soul of a cabbage patch forever. She is watching him. She knows what he is doing at all times. And it's pretty fucking stupid. Well, yeah, just on the concept of incubation periods alone, this isn't going to work out. I know Cody's confused about how the science hasn't caught up yet based on the uh, More to Love episode scene that was added in. Oh, guys, we have to talk about this. So... TLC is now doing what they do for 90 Day Fiance, which is they have an episode called More to Love that will air later in the week. And all it is is the same exact episode that you watched on Sunday night. But now there's a bonus scene or two within it that wasn't originally aired. So the one from last week's episode basically had Cody explaining that it had been two months since Janelle and her house had tested positive for COVID. They had recovered from COVID and he was still keeping his distance because we were still waiting for the science to catch up as far as if he can catch it, if he can contract it, if there's immunity, how does this work? He tried to claim that his doctor hadn't given him clearance to go over there until just now, which let's be real, that's just an excuse. Nobody was saying two months as a minimum for anything. Cody just didn't want to go over there. You know what he was doing? He was punishing Janelle for the fact that she didn't kick Gabe and Garrison out of the house. And then Gabe and Garrison brought COVID into the house, which was the whole reason Cody was trying to kick them out. So he then just didn't go to Janelle's house for two months. It has nothing to do with what a doctor said. So Cody's confusion with the science continues in this episode as well, too. Because now when it's time to go back to Robin's house, we forget how science works. Because if you're on a trip for 48 hours and you were exposed to COVID one of those two days, you are not going to test positive on a rapid test later that night. But all I need to re-enter Robin's house and break the curse (laughs) is to test negative on a rapid test. Then I know I am safe. (laughs) Do you think he has to slide the rapid test under the door? Annabelle has to check it herself. She's testing. That's how Annabelle is kept alive. You have to feed her rapid COVID tests. Gotta shove it way up in your nose. (laughs) She wants the good stuff. (laughs) But before they depart, Cody reflects a little bit on his relationship with Mary. Because it's pretty good for him. He knows it's probably not great for her. Oh, it's not fulfilling at all for her. Not a lot of holes getting filled. Mm, Nothing. Nothing's getting filled. But he has lately developed a great fondness for Mary since she is not the latest wife to screw him over. Looking back on it now, Cody's realizing he doesn't feel betrayed by Mary anymore. He feels betrayed by Christine now because he can only feel betrayed by one wife at a time. Which can I say, checkmate Mary, because this is what she has been waiting for. She knew if she played her cards right, 
and she waited long enough. Someone else would fuck up more than her. Oh, yeah. She was just biding her time. She was just waiting it out. We called it. We knew. That was the long con that she'd been working on. And here it is playing out. It's working. So who knows what Mary and Cody's future is because it's looking bright right now. Yeah, he's coming around to it. He's open to it. But first, we got to park this RV on Coyote Pass. We got to park this beast, this behemoth, because Janelle is focused in on this fajita casita. She's got to build up on the land any way possible that she can. Thankfully, Gabe and Garrison haven't been kicked out of Janelle's life yet. So they're at least assisting with the process because Cody's having a hell of a time trying to park this thing on the land. Flat tires are the bottom of the list for concerns. Actually, they didn't get a flat tire. Can you believe that? With five wheels? A 15,000, was it 15,000 pound? 15,000 pounds. I wanted to say ton for some reason. No. <laughs> a 15,000 pound RV and not one flat tire. It was pretty impressive. But we were getting to the end there where he had to back it up. He had to back that thing up. And we were getting dangerously close to the edges there where maybe if we would have slipped a tire off the edge... We wouldn't have been able to get that thing back up on the road. Man, I would have paid big bucks to see that thing flip. I wanted to see it fall in. Like into lose, the ravine. To lose a tire, to then go, and then subsequently just fling the truck that Cody was in. <laughs> just catapult launch. <laughs> oh, boy. Because it's attached. It's so. attached. So you want to see it go down like the Titanic. We want to see the one end break off, go down, the other end bob up in the air. Well, I wanted it like a, almost like a trebuchet sort of a launch motion that would be taking place. But there. you got fancy with those. You used the proper French pronunciation. Well, pronunciation. Okay. <laughs> Don't give me too much credit. Instead of trebucket. Trebucket. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Now, Man, I would have paid good money to see him launch. And then launch him so far that he actually lands <laughs> on the Shira Chateau. <laughs> Just... Send that sucker, get enough counterweight on that thing, and just rip it. You know that Robin, Aurora, and Brianna, and probably baby Annabelle, too, were peeking through the curtains down at Coyote Pass watching this happen. And they could hear Cody crying from the Shira Chateau about how hard it is for him to be forced into living in this RV, kicking and screaming. Did you notice, though, that the RV is simultaneously too big and too small? It's too big for Cody to handle, and it's too small for him to live in. Yes. <laughs> Cody is the Goldilocks of sister wives, that is for sure. I don't know which RV would be just right. Maybe one that gets delivered. One that sits in Robin's backyard. <laughs> yeah. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Hard cut to what's going on over at Christine's house, where Isabel is just a few months away from moving to North Carolina for school. So we're seeing her pack up her stuff. And like in a weird kind of forced way, we're going to talk about her relationships with her siblings. And the rest of the family in general, too, because, yes, she's going to live with Maddie and Caleb. She has a very close relationship with Maddie as a sibling. The whole point of this was that it's not weird that she's going to live with them, even though Christine's divorcing Cody. None of Janelle's kids care. It was only a matter of time. I think they were about the same page as where Janelle was with it, too. But what ultimately ends up happening in this scene is we see some lighthearted bullying <laughs> amongst the the family members here because Gwen is helping Isabel pack. They're talking. They're chit-chatting. They're joking around. Gwen's kind of bugging Isabel as well, too. She's kind of bothering her. But then when Isabel returns fire, that's when we have to get the reminder, you can't do this to me. It's Pride Month. <laughs> and that's how they introduce the whole segment with Gwen talking about her sexuality, which was just like, that's what we're going to give this? You put it in the episode description. Oh, it wasn't even a segment. It was literally just the next shot was Gwen on the couch saying, yeah, I'm by." And then that was it. And that was pretty much it. <laughs> That was basically the extent of that storyline for us because just, oh yeah, by the way, mentioned in passing, Gwen's by. There was no coming out scene like we had with Leon and the rest of the family. And in fact, Christine talks about how when Leon came out, right away she thought to herself, oh, okay, Gwen's gay too. And so it's always kind of been a thing that's just been known in their household. And at least that's the way it was presented on the show because again, this wasn't an actual coming out episode. It definitely was not by any standard. But it could have been a coming out episode for Christine because we did find out she has a couple of female celebrity crushes, but nothing weird. She's not going weird, but she is going a little freaky maybe because she is our freaky bitch. <laughs> I know she had to like clarify that. She's like, Gwen always teases me because I have celebrity crushes on Blake Lively. That one was a little bit of a surprise. Kelly Clarkson, not a surprise at all from Christine and Emily Blunt. Not my list, but what's your we can list? Respect it. Oh, you know Jennifer Aniston is I know number Jennifer one. Jennifer Aniston's up at the top. I but know. you have a list of more more than one. No, I'm just thinking. Well, I guess I could add to the list, but definitely I was disappointed to not see Jennifer Aniston make an appearance on Christine's list. That is a shame. Jennifer Aniston should be on everyone's list. <laughs> so it turns out what Cody lacks. In being a father, he makes up for in financial gain because he has purchased Isabel a car for this road trip because they are moving cross country. Christine has offered up in any way, shape or form. We can adjust our plans based on that road trip to make sure that you can come along on the trip. And of course, Cody turns it down. He's such a shitty distant dad. This is just a thing that you could expect from a deadbeat dad who doesn't take his visits. He's going to send her money or give her a car but he's not actually going to give any of his time to bringing her to school. He's not going to be emotionally invested in it. And the reasoning that we get from Cody is that he starts complaining about how most of the time that he's with Isabel, he tries to spend that drawing herself out of herself, I think <laughs> is how he describes it. But it's what is he doesn't know what that's all about because he's an approachable guy. <laughs> he's not a big, scary ogre or anything. And it's like, guy, it's because you don't have a relationship. It's a weird surface level thing. There is no connection between you and this kid. Also, now it's Christine's fault 
that he doesn't have a connection with some of his kids when we've known there are entire episodes of this show dedicated to how he cannot connect with the teenage girls. Specifically, the teenage girls. So the majority of Christine's children that are biologically there. And also, I love how Cody has absolutely no idea where this emotional divide could come from. But he slightly starts to suspect that maybe not going to Isabel's life-altering scoliosis surgery may have been a factor. Probably that, I would say. Because we had to cut to footage of it and have a producer ask him directly, you think the surgery had anything to do with that, Cody? I mean, he did tell her that he didn't want her to become a bitter housewife over this. And And she has. He did give her a sweatshirt to wear to the surgery. (laughs) So in a way, he was there. (laughs) I mean, maybe it also has something to do with not calling the kid, because even though you couldn't see her the whole time, you've been quarantined at Robin's house for the past, what is it, year and a half now? He seems to not have called any of his children. Well, based on some of the science, you might be able to get the COVID through the phone. It's a touch screen. It's shared through touch sometimes. (laughs) I like that that was a little Jack Nicholson, and then it went a little Robin at the end. (laughs) That's the blend. That's the sweet spot is it's Robin and Jack Nicholson. That's Cody. I just want to get out on the land. (laughs) Then we have to watch Isabel talk about this, which was even sadder because... It's just another time out of the many the past few seasons that she has been in the interview room being asked about her shitty relationship with her dad. And she has to summarize it. And she's like, it's fine. I guess it's fine. But it's in that girl way where she says it's fine and it's not really fine. She knows it's not fine. We know it's not fine. She has nothing to compare it to. I guess it's fine. It's my only relationship with my dad. It's not great. Could be better. It's not what I want it to be, but it is what it is. She says they're not close at all. Wow. And then she says, well, honestly, I mean, when I move, I'm not really concerned about him. I'm not really going to miss him as much as I'm going to miss my mom, which, you know, Cody went in a full fucking rage about when he saw that air. It makes it easier for him to ignore her in the future. But then we get the whole rundown of everybody who's going to miss Isabel, everybody who Isabel is going to miss. And then the hopes that Isabel is able to maintain the relationships with all of her moms and all the kids. Hopefully that all stays the same forever. All right. Today is finally the big day. Everyone is on their way to come look at Janelle's new bachelorette pad. That's what I'm going to call it. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say it's uh, Christine and the girls are going over to film an episode of Cribs at Janelle's (laughs) Fifth Will. There wasn't enough alcohol for this to be an episode of Cribs. It's true. Yeah, but there's plenty of concern because all of the concerns are residing on how is Savannah dealing with this situation? Concerned about the well-being of Savannah. All right, we all know that Janelle is really psyched about this. She wants to live in this RV. It's her lifelong dream being fulfilled. But is it Savannah's dream? Because it's not anybody else's dream in the family either. <laughs> Because that's what even Gwen suggests. Maybe we should all just get trailers and move out there, which we know is not to code. You cannot do that. (laughs) We already established that last episode. It's not an option for anybody else because nobody else wants to live in a trailer out on Coyote Pass either. Janelle has to excuse the reasoning behind it because she's big into this. This is her dream. And she's also saying that it's saving them money on rent. Not really. (laughs) I don't think they really made a budget for this. Because I think it ended up costing them money. Janelle, I think if you put all of these numbers into a spreadsheet, 
you're going to realize it would probably take about five years of rent to make up for that. Which, look, like, does she have to justify this? She had an opportunity to do it. She's always wanted to do it. So she bought the thing that she wanted to live in. And here we are in this RV. Everyone else can shut up and stop judging it. This was something that you were going to buy at some point eventually. So if you mark it off the list now and you don't factor that as part of the decision, cool. Sure, you are saving money, I guess. I really hope that this is like step one towards Janelle making sure she gets what she wants out of this relationship before she leaves it, which is her RV and her casita with her view of the mountain. That's all she wants in the grow house. The grow house. Don't forget the grow house. Just a lot of sweet, stinky weed on that (laughs) land. Now, Mary is back to see the RV because she got to see it a little bit when they were at her B&B. Wow, that was a lot of letters. Bees, yeah. Oh, wow. Ooh, but she's here to see the entire thing today. So she's out there talking to Janelle about it. Janelle's, you know, expressing her deep anxieties that she's waking up with in the middle of the night because they are 10 days out from having to be out of the house and fully into the RV. And just Tylenol PM's not cutting it anymore. Right. We're going to have to upgrade here pretty soon. She's asking for Mary for some suggestions. <laughs> what do you got? I'll take it. But yeah, Mary's here for the full experience because she didn't get to see it all pulled out and popped out when she was in Utah. Speaking of, here comes Cody, who walks right past Mary. Oh my God. Thank you to the editors for keeping this entire interaction in for all of us to witness. I rewound it at least three times so I could watch it over and over and over again. I think Cody's just so used to completely ignoring Mary by default that he forgot to say hi to her. And then he catches himself and awkwardly has to chuckle it away. (laughs) So awkward. He's like, hey. (laughs) Oh, hey. Oh, oh, hey. (laughs) And then he looks multiple directions because he's not sure what to do next because he doesn't want to give her a hug. He's not going to go that far in it's the greeting. Much. Yeah, that's that's way too much. That's the wrong signal that he's trying to send. So he just turns just about faces and walks up the steps of the RV. It's like when somebody goes for a high five and somebody else goes for a handshake or a fist bump. It was kind of like watching that. And then they both change back and forth of what they're doing, what they're trying <laughs> to do. And it's just this awkward thing and nothing gets accomplished. And then somebody just walks away from it and leaves the other person hanging entirely. That was what it felt like. It had big... Michael Scott, Scott Tots energy to it, right? It was awkward like that. It made me uncomfortable and I wanted so much more of it. <laughs> now, of course, Chanel's out here to live on the land. That's part of why she's on the RV because she wants to get on that property and she's not convinced at this point that everyone else still has the goal of living on Coyote Pass. But that doesn't matter because Chanel's dream is to build. So if nobody else wants to build, fine. She's going to have an even better view of that mountain. Just look at that mountain. (laughs) I'm telling you, she's just trying to get out of this what she was promised. This is what she signed up for. This is what she put a down payment on. Like the Mary pointed out that she is losing excitement to build. And also, she's pretty sure that Cody doesn't want to build anymore either. Yeah, and we already know Christine is out. But then we get to hear Robin's dreams about building on the land because, of course, she still has those dreams, too. It's just... There's all these unexpected things. They didn't expect it to be so difficult to build on the land. We have to pay off the land before we can build on it. It's a whole thing. She just wants an even bigger and better chateau to loom over everyone else's. 
She's going to make sure that when the sun comes up and goes over, it casts a shadow on all the other houses. Where the sun literally rises and sets with Robin. (laughs) Now, bad news for the tour. There's no power in the RV. It was supposed to charge last night, I guess, with solar power. Not last night, yesterday, right? Well, hopefully yesterday. (laughs) Otherwise, we've solved the mystery of why there is no power today. Uh, Well, they were trying to run it off moonlight, and that's just not cutting it. (laughs) So they've got no lights. There's no working refrigerator. Also, there's no water or septic system. So welcome to my abode. Don't flush anything. (laughs) Please, dear God. And yeah, Janelle's really making this sound super appealing to come live on the land right now. We do see Robin pull up. They get this weird, like, do you think it was still Gabe, like, filming it? Because they have this footage of her approaching, and it's just her head bobbing above all of the cars. No, that was a professionally shot uh, (laughs) camera operator that was taking place there. There was no more cell phone footage from this scene, I don't think. Okay. Now, Robin... She's not a smart woman, but as she approaches, she can immediately tell that this is not going to be like the she Chateau. Well, I just like how she had to arrive five minutes behind Cody's arrival conveniently just to make it seem like they weren't just over at her house all day in the meantime leading up to this. They're going to casually spread out the arrival times here and just line it up, stagger it a little bit. And as we know, she is not a big fan of trailers. She doesn't think anybody should have to live in them, which is quite a privileged thing to say, Robin. And also, this is a very nice trailer. Yeah, Robin seems to think that it's inhumane to make someone live in a trailer. That seems to be her stance. That's what she's telling Cody. It is just inhumane for Janelle to make you live over there. To force you into a trailer against your will. No one should have to live in a trailer, including you, Cody. You should charge her for kidnapping. I think you should. (laughs) I think that would hold up. I will call Ronald McDonald Esquire back in Vegas just to see. So while she's, I guess, dwelling on those thoughts, we get to see Christine and her kids react to the RV first, which is just, wow, a a totally different experience. It's very positive, yes, because Christine is pushing this, making this an exciting thing, always trying to make Janelle feel better about her situation, whether or not she agrees with it. She's trying to make sure that Janelle stays on target with what her goal was here. I really kind of fear for Janelle when Christine leaves the family because Christine's really her hype woman. Like whenever Christine is there, she's trying to make sure everybody's excited and having a good time. And this is going to get really depressing really fast when she's gone. Very easily can take a turn here because, yes, we're pointing out storage. There's so many storage options for Janelle. We're talking with Savannah about what she's excited about. We're getting Savannah on board and invested in this setup as well, too. For some reason, Cody thinks that they're teasing Janelle. Did you get the impression that they were teasing her at all? I thought that this was genuine support. Mary and Christine outside when they were talking about the storage on the sides and the things that she can put in the storage. I think that was teasing. Okay, that. Oh, yes. Let's say that was teasing. But the rest of it, it's okay to tease someone if you are also being supportive of them in other circumstances in the situation, which is what was happening from Christine. Well, there's a difference there, too, because they're not making fun of the idea of her storing things in this RV. They're teasing about the things that could be stored in the RV. So you're still supporting the idea, but then you're making jokes about what 
the ridiculous items could be. <laughs> you just have so much room. You could fit all this extra stuff. Just imagine it. All the pots or just pot. <laughs> Janelle is taking this thing across the border. We're going to load it up like we're the Millers. <laughs> and we're hauling it. Christine and her kids, they ask Savannah what she thinks of it. They want to see her get excited about being in the RV because she's part of the tour, too. She's showing them around. And basically, she didn't really want to do this, to be honest, until she found out there were two bathrooms. And then she was okay with it. Not that either of them can flush right now, but there are two bathrooms technically. So once we figure out that situation, I think we'll be okay. But here's the tour. We got a lot more space than Christine originally thought there would be. Really got an ass on it when you get in there. (laughs) It was pretty big. There are a lot of different places to sleep. It's very, very nice. It's nicer than most apartments that I've lived in. Savannah's very excited about her little area, her portion of the RV, because there's multiple beds there. There's a top bunk. There's a bottom bunk. She can pick every night. What's she feeling? Top bunk, bottom bunk? You can close the door and have your own little quarters back there with your own bathroom. Nice little privacy. Cool setup back there. They're all about it. There was another area that had steps up and it was a loft that you could sleep in too. Like a tiny house loft. A tiny house loft. Yeah. So there are like three different places that she can choose from to sleep. So this is pretty cool. We got Janelle's nice big bathroom that Cody's never going to (laughs) use because it's too small by his standards. The bed is big enough, but... There's no room for Cody to put a suitcase. Maybe that's what they can store on the outside. The storage. (laughs) Just strap it to the front of that thing. Keep a uh, fold-up flap on the outside for Cody's suitcase. Like a bike rack. That'd be good. (laughs) What is he going to do? He's not going to use the bathroom. Is he going to just drive back to Robin's house every time he has to take a dump? Pretty much. That's what's going to be going on here. Um, And I think that was the realization that he was making as well, too, because he was like, well, the contrast will be vast between staying at Janelle's trailer and staying at Robin's house. And it's like, well, yeah, it's just going to be a visual metaphor for the status of those relationships, too. (laughs) What did he not get about that? He was laughing at Robin's house. It's just so nice and big. And then it's so funny, Janelle's house, it's so small. Yeah, man. It's the same (laughs) thing. That's visual storytelling is what that is now. And now, speaking of storytelling, we get to see Robin, Aurora, and Brianna take the tour. It's a different tone. Wow. A very, very different tone. The mean girls have arrived. We get to Savannah's little bathroom, and Aurora doesn't think it's even fair to refer to it as a little bathroom. She has to clarify tiny bath, more like a foot wash. And literally laughs. Guys, this was just mind-blowing at how outwardly rude they were and how comfortable they were making comments super loud for everyone to hear. And again, I think it's on the basis of not understanding when something is funny because you're joking and it's something that people can laugh with versus demeaning or talking down about a specific situation to laugh at someone, which it seems like the comments that are happening here are a little bit more derogatory and belittling. Right. They had not nice intentions behind them. And I felt really bad because we know Savannah is just she's quieter. She seems to have a very sweet demeanor about her. And she's really like needing the encouragement of people to get her excited about this experience. And instead, Brianna and Aurora walked in and literally laughed 
at their living situations as though it was not good enough for them. They then ask if the beds that are in that room are for the dogs. No, these are human bedrooms in this RV. And Janelle's like, and there's a little door that you can pull, and she's closing it to close all of them in the other room so she can take a breath and just be like, oh, God. She's trying to keep the sound from going to where Savannah is. Like, my God, I just could not. I don't have words for how incredibly rude they were. To ask if the beds, just not even just rude, disconnected from most people's life circumstances rude me and like there was definitely mean spiritedness in the in the remark that was going on with the size of the bathroom specifically yes and then the bedroom which had to be clarified like no this is savannah's room that you just thought dogs were sleeping on the beds in which then in turn implies that you consider savannah to be a dog Or that this room isn't good enough for a person to sleep in, which they have really forgotten where they have come from, haven't they? Remember when Robin was just a single mother living in a trailer with no heat with these kids? They don't. They don't. Because that memory has been replaced with loving affection from Cody at the she Chateau for their entire lives. That's where they've been. You know what's so jarring about it? I would say that most of the other brown kids... They are like pretty humble. They know that they've definitely had it good living in Vegas and then a lot of the the places they've been in Flagstaff. And they remember when it was really hard when they were little and they lived all together and times when they didn't have things. Except for Leon. (laughs) Yeah, I'll give you that. But Dana Rora, Brianna, Saul, Ari, baby Annabelle apparently have not lived that life. And then they wonder why certain wives and kids appear to be receiving special treatment. So this is where Cody reminds us that the bedroom is a sacred space, which he just learned a couple weeks ago when Christine kicked him out of her bedroom. (laughs) He's to recycle the language. So this is, uh, there's no place for dogs here, but Janelle will remind us again, she will always pick the kids and she will always pick the dogs. Tough shit, Cody. He actually said the dogs were going to sleep outside on this vacant property with prairie dog plague. On a plot of land called Coyote Pass. (laughs) You're going to have these two little sausage dogs, as Janelle refers to them, out in the wild there overnight. I don't think so. No, that's where Cody will be. Get him his own little dog house. He can snuggle up. He can run back to Robbins. He knows the way. Maybe that's what they need. They just need a runner line between the Shira Chateau and Janelle's trailer. Like a zip line? The, well, like a zip line, but yeah, just one that he would be able to run back and forth. You can keep him on the leash. <laughs> like a dog. Like a dog runner line <laughs> that you can strap him to so you know where he is. Christine's pretty nervous, though, about this whole situation because already she's looking at Cody and she knows he is not going to like living in the RV. And not only that, she also suspects that Cody's probably just going to use this as an excuse to stay at Robin's house more. Bingo. Nailed it. Does this woman know her husband or what? She does. Her ex. She does. (laughs) Well, depends on who you ask. Yeah. Well, and Robin's aware that there has been tension between Cody and Janelle through COVID. Maybe living out in this tiny little RV will help them work through those problems. I don't know. Maybe it'll make it worse. That's all part of the plan, too. That works either way for Robin. And for Cody, he really doesn't give a shit if Janelle starts to feel marginalized. 
by the fact that he spends less time there. Because why should he suffer for her choices? Why am I going to sit here and suffer for you and your choices? <laughs> you can't leave us sitting there out. Yeah. And also, I mean, how could he possibly spend less time with her than he already does? Is that possible? Like when Janelle sat down and made a pro and cons list to buying this thing, one of them was definitely Cody doesn't come over anyway. So what's the difference if he doesn't want to live here? No difference. Let's get to another conversation where the comparison to pre-divorce and post-divorce is very little to none. We have our title episode scene here where Christine has to speak to Truly off camera about the divorce. They had to make a note of that. So we're basically hearing from Christine doing a confessional afterwards. But it looks like she might have been filming this in her new Utah apartment based on the little ledge that we saw over her shoulder on the one side of the frame. Yeah, I'm really confused about where this was filmed. Because if we're talking about truly finding out about the move to Utah, but she's already in the new place in Utah, is this something that was just reenacted? Or was this something where Truly was under the impression that they were renting this place to come visit family, so they had a place to stay, but didn't know that it was a permanent move soon? No idea. No idea. We didn't get much explanation. Yeah, can't clarify that, can't speak with absolute certainty, but Christine goes on to describe the worst conversation of her life. I wasn't expecting this to be at the end of the episode, but here we are. So she talks about what happened, which was she was on the phone, Christine was on the phone with McKelty, and she said McKelty was saying something to her about having moved. And then Christine responded and said, yeah, I'm excited to move, too. And truly happened to be nearby, standing behind her and heard it. And she just heard a little gasp. So the plan was that Christine and Cody were going to tell Truly together. But now there's no option to wait. We got to talk about it now. I mean, was there really a plan? There wasn't really a plan. No, the plan was to... Not tell her. Deflect, avoid, postpone. (laughs) And so now moving forward, we're going to have to talk about it right now. So yes, we are moving. And this is very upsetting to Truly. She just asks, can I just go to my room? And it's like, oh, but wait, there's more. Right. Because Christine can tell that Truly is processing the move aspect of it, but hasn't quite connected the dots about the fact that the move is related to a divorce. Because it's just you and me. Truly, who are moving, just Christine and Truly moving to Utah, nobody else, because there's a divorce. So obviously, this is just, this is really sad watching Christine reflect on it. We don't get to see it, which, good, because I was a little worried about that, because it was definitely a private moment that an 11-year-old deserves to have off camera. And so then she's like, well, when are you getting, you're getting divorced, and Christine decides in that moment, like, no. I'm just going to say we're already divorced because it's just easier for me to tell her it's already happened so that she's not in this space where she's wondering what's going on. She's thinking maybe there's hope that they'll get back together. You know, basically like where Cody's at. And Robin. (laughs) Yeah, just snuff that out. We can't have a third person on that train of thought. And there's no actual like legal process to their divorce anyway. So who's to say like when they are actually technically divorced? So she just tells her, look, it already happened. Have you even noticed that anything's different? No, now that you mention it, everything's pretty much the same. Which, look, this is tough, right? Figuring out how you would approach this. But I guess I do see where she's coming from with telling her it already happened and having her feel like, oh, this isn't the most devastating worst thing that could ever happen because I didn't even notice that it happened. I already lived through it. 
it's done. <laughs> so like, yeah, I guess that can be good. It might be hurtful to look back on it afterwards and be like, I didn't even know. Nobody told me. Nobody let me know. So that could be a different layer of it. Oh, it's but, definitely going to be hurtful when she realizes that everyone knew before she knew. But in the long run, somebody has to be the last to know in any circumstance, pretty much. So at that point, it's like, what's the trade off there? Well, at least you're able to say that you have kind of already gotten through it because it's already happened. It's done. So after having that conversation, all Christina's feeling is that she just can't wait for this move to happen now, truly knows, and she just kind of wants to get her to a place where she's surrounded by other people who are there to like give her love and be interested in her <laughs> and, you know, be a family rather than being around Cody. And rather than being alone in Flagstaff, they don't really have anything there in terms of that support system. Cody doesn't come around. So what's Cody's take on all of this? He wants to be there, yet he continues to blame any bad relationships with his children on the mothers for not facilitating that enough for him. Not even like the facilitating thing. He takes it a step further here and says that Christine is kind of like making them harbor these negative feelings against him because she is saying things to them that leads them down the path to thinking Cody's the bad guy. And also... She's just using this because she needs excuses to justify leaving to her children. But also, they're not excuses. That's why she left. She told you those were the reasons why she left. That was the reason. She's been saying them for the past 10 years on TV. And for her, for him to say that she says things like, well, you know, your dad's not around anyway. They observe that. They are 11-year-old plus children who can see that you don't come to their house and you do stay at another sibling's house, which is part of the problem. He just, he can't connect the dots. It's got to be Christine's fault. That's the bottom line of it. Also, Cody is the one who is doing that in other circumstances, because you don't think that that's why Aurora and Brianna walked into that trailer and said the things that they said that day? You don't think that Cody goes back to the Shira Chateau and talks mad shit about Christine and Janelle during COVID, and that now they don't like Christine and Janelle because of what's happened? There's a bitterness there. <laughs> We saw it with Thanksgiving. Remember Thanksgiving during COVID where where Robin basically told her kids that Christine and Janelle don't like them and don't want to hang out with them? Yeah, it was a real godfather type meal <laughs> that was going on there because then it was Cody being thankful for the people who obey him and his family and not all those other ruffians who are off doing their own thing. So just another example of how he projects things that he does onto other people as though that's how they behave too. So this was a rough conversation. All in all, Christine is dreading this. She knows that this is going to be a day to remember. She feels terrible. She feels like a horrible mother, but she knows these are all things that needed to happen. Now the only thing that she's dreading more is she's going to have to tell Cody that truly knows. I would dread that too. This is going to be even worse. If you thought it was bad talking to an 11-year-old and getting her through it, wait till you have to explain this to Cody. Next episode, Cody feels conflicted officiating a wedding while going through a divorce. Christine and Janelle are floored as Cody breaks COVID protocols for his friend but not his family. And then Cody and Christine argue over selling her house and the custody agreement. Yeah, I thought there would be a couple other reasons why Cody should feel conflicted about officiating a wedding. <laughs> Divorces aside. The best part of this episode was the last, what, 10 seconds where Cody thinks that Christine should give him the money for, 
from the house sale to pay off Coyote Pass. And Christine's like, I'm not doing anything with Coyote Pass. That's not my <laughs> land. That's your guys' land. But this is my house and I'm going to sell the house and then I'm out of here. So he wants 50-50 custody of Truly and he wants all the money from the sale of Christine's home so he could pay off Coyote Pass to build his own home on. And he was like, this was just the miracle that we were trying to think up at the meeting the other day. <laughs> we're finally going to have an answer to our prayers. Man, every week he tops himself, doesn't he? Somehow he finds a way. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to tweet with us about the episode at surviving underscore pod. Stay tuned. Share with friends. See you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.